have I got some stuff to tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So last week I interviewed Barbara, the psychic medium on the show. If you haven't heard it yet, please go back and listen. Barbara did a reading of me and also the situation at the house. And in that episode, there's so many things that were revealed, but one of them, she said that this dark masculine energy presence, whom I've come to name Edward for the purpose of my script in the movie, that Edward was gone, but that he was going to keep trying, keep trying to get back in. I want you to know that last week I went to Lambertville and I stayed in the house because I was hosting Thanksgiving. I was having John's family over. We were there. Great week, beautiful, all the things. And I've learned that in addition to being in this house with all of the energy and all the energy it's required of me to clear and protect that land over the past several years, when I am tired or vulnerable, I either one, forget to do my prayers of protection. And two, just like how we are in normal everyday life, when we're vulnerable, when we're weak, when we're sick, when we're exhausted, that is when we're more susceptible to influences of the outside world, to influences of viruses, to influences of disease, to emotional influences, sensitivities, et cetera. And the same is true for me at this house. Of course, John was there. And that night I had the first dream that I've had in a long time. And I have a recording of a little bit of what I sound like. This time I woke John up screaming and then he had the, the sense to get the phone and record, making sure I was safe, of course. And this is just a little snippet of what goes on in that space. Now, I want to share this with you. And also, I feel very vulnerable sharing this. Um, and if you are sensitive to disturbing kinds of sounds, then maybe you want to fast forward uh, 15 or 30 seconds. So clearly in that audio, I was battling. Um, I was disturbed. You didn't hear the beginning of it or the very end, but I just wanted to share this little bit. I think what I'm saying there is first help and then get out. In the dream, again, Edward was trying to enter into the space. In this particular dream, it was like he was outside of the house. And yet I was still aware of him and his presence was still very much in front of me, but he wasn't able to get to me. So I think that that's a lot of progress, but I thought it was fascinating that this happened right after I had this conversation with Barbara and um, that he is still trying indeed. Okay. So I got many messages from you guys that you loved that episode with, uh, with Barbara and her mediumship. And I'm so happy to hear it. You can watch us live on Instagram. It'll be uh, Wednesday, the day of this recording, either in the live stories or in my post afterwards. I hope you find us there. My Instagram handle is 
at Leah the Modern Sage. I also want to say that earlier in Thanksgiving Day, John had gone over to the neighbor's house where we believe where I believe that Edward is residing. And it has been a rule of mine to not take anything from that property. Both of them have been deceased now for over a year to not disturb anything in the property, do nothing, do no harm, have no interaction and just kind of stay away from it. That's been kind of one of my policies. Well, because we were hosting Thanksgiving, we needed another trash can. And unbeknownst to me, John had gone and borrowed one of the trash cans that was outside of their house. And he pulled it up onto our deck and was used, we used it for Thanksgiving. And it was after this disturbing dream the next morning, John had told me that he had gone over and gotten the trash can. So I asked him to please take the trash can back and that that will be the end of us having anything to do with the neighbors. Okay, so onward with the story. So now we know that there's a burial pit um, to the right outside right of my home. And uh, Barbara also confirmed that. It was also confirmed in my dream time. I was shown where it was and what it was. And I'm gonna return now to my notes. You may remember that um, the previous episode I shared about my grandmother's card falling out and the scripture verses that was written on one side of the card and then her list of actions. I'm gonna share with you now the list of actions that she wrote there because these became instrumental in my nightly rituals, my prayers and my energetic work at the house and just ongoing in my life. Number one, pray in spirit every day. Number two, activate your angels. Number three, we cannot murmur. Number four, operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And number five, act like God's word is really true. Number three here, we cannot murmur. This became one of my mantras one of my guiding lights in my work at the house. If you remember when I spoke to the previous owners, he informed me that the spirits there did not like to be talked about inside the house or on the property. So I avoided it for months. And then when I found my grandmother's card and I began implementing um, more ritual and prayer work in my nights and days, I started to take in this message of not murmuring, not just for the case of this house and the spirits there, but also in my personal life. Because as you know, many of us hold back. We don't speak our truth. We don't say what we want or need. We don't claim our power and position here because we're afraid of being rejected, of being abandoned, of being laughed at, ridiculed, shamed. And in this work, with the energy at the house, I had to do something different. And so I began to implement each of those actions that my grandmother wrote down. So the land at the house, around the house, the hillside is mostly bedrock and there's not many areas to dig in except for the gardens that are already present. So I was informed that the poor people here would put the dead in this dungeon or the pit. The poor people, meaning I'd come to learn that um, the hillside at one point was an African-American shanty town that people lived along the hillside there. And there's actually um, kind of still markings of trails, if you will. And there's also a graveyard up 
on top of the hill down the street. And in my dream that I had being shown the burial pit, it was kind of discussed in the dream somehow that perhaps some of the people that couldn't afford a proper burial were also included in this burial in this pit in my property. Um, there was a chiropractor that I met down the street and she used to live up on the hill near the cemetery. And given her work and some of our conversations that we began to have, I came to find out that she too had some very difficult challenges in her former space. She has since moved from that house near the cemetery. So it was almost like the energy or, or the activity was kind of coming down the hill and down the hill, there's two houses, my house, and then the neighbors next to me, Zen Cat and John. So in our conversations, my conversation with the chiropractor, it was a conversation about how the land as well as the spirits in this place needed to be forgiven and healed. And this intrigued me and it kind of gave me a sense of relief, something to focus on, something that I could understand, something to do. It's always better to know what you're dealing with because the mystery makes fear even bigger. One night, August 9th, I was really tired. I hadn't slept much in the last few days. And often I would blame the heat or my hormones or something. But the truth is, I was still feeling highly uncomfortable at the house. This is now five months in. I was exhausted and I couldn't sleep through the night. In my fatigue, admittedly, I again hurried through the prayers and rituals. I started to doze off. And I was down in that first part of the sleep, you know, where you're kind of in between states and then bam, I woke up and I thought there was an earthquake, an active earthquake. The house shook. The entire house was shaking. The shaking was so strong. I jumped out of the bed and I prepared to gather the animals, but they weren't moving. The house became still. I got my mace and a flashlight and I prepared to look down the stairwell, terrified in the darkness of the night, what I would find, what I might see. There was nothing. After a few moments of collecting myself, I thought maybe someone was trying to bust through the front door on the first level and the hit rattled the whole house. So I turned on the security cameras, I checked the feed and looked out the windows. It's almost 1 a.m nothing. I couldn't understand what that sound was. And so I go online in the middle of the night and I start researching earthquake fault lines in New Jersey, fault lines, activity between South Carolina and Canada. I was searching everywhere for some kind of information because I had never experienced anything like that before. Having to see clients in another city the next day, I needed to sleep. So I did the whole prayer ritual and I really gave it my heart. <laughs> and by this point, I'm realizing it takes so much of my energy to protect this place, to keep us safe. I started to learn how to energetically, literally create fields, protective force fields. And I know that that sounds crazy or bizarre, perhaps but I would create boundaries with my mind and my visions with, with my energy and with the calling upon the energy of spirit to help me. 
and protect the entire uh, property line around my house and within my house. Finally, I fell back asleep, trusting and expecting that I would make it through the night. So August 10th, I'm still tired from the night before, reeling on adrenaline and busyness most of the day. Of course, before bed, I make time for my prayers and my angels and my spirit guides. I've come to actually love this time so much that I don't want to leave it. The prayer time, the relationship here, the conversations with spirit, with my ancestors. I feel a peace and a connection that I haven't felt in a long time. And during the quarantine, it's been a huge comfort. Sometimes I feel like my natural state is in that state of prayer. It feels like home. That night was fairly uneventful, but before I closed my eyes fully, the end of the bed shook again, as if someone were bouncing on it or using their hands to shake it just enough to get my attention. I did a quick glance and nothing was there. When I started to drift off again, I asked for information. What I sense was that the energies and spirits are still here. It's if they're trying to reach me, but the activations of positive light and the love of God are stopping them. It's as if there are walls around me. And when the dark ones come toward me, they hit up against the walls and can't break through. Prior to these times of the bed violently shaking and the house violently shaking, both John and I had recognized bouncing of the bed, mostly nights where the bed would bounce. It didn't feel alarming though. It didn't feel threatening. It didn't feel like that same energy presence of Edward. It felt like there were other entities in the room and they were just active and they were playing on the bed. September 2nd, 2020, my stepdaughter Mackenzie came to visit and stayed the night in the remodeled first floor unit. She had a dream that night and was visited by a ghost. It was a similar dream in that it was vividly real as if she were awake. Beyond the corner of the bed, she saw an Asian woman squatting and staring at her. The corner of the bed nearest the far left stone wall. She was small in size, Mackenzie said, but an adult. Of course, it frightened Mackenzie, but she didn't feel scared for her life. She asked the woman, who are you? Why are you here? The woman stayed there staring. And when she didn't answer, Mackenzie got up from the bed and came to the third floor trying to wake me. When she reached the doorknob to my bedroom, it wasn't a knob at all, but strands of ribbon that she couldn't grab a hold of. Eventually, Mackenzie woke up and she realized that all of that happened in her sleep. She was scared, but managed to go back to sleep. The spirits seem to visit in the dream time. September 7th, 2020, I had gotten information from that same chiropractor about two women who do energy clearing. Of course, by this point, six months in, I had cleared the house with sage, with herbs, with prayer, with Palo Santo, with crystals, with so many things that I had already done myself. And I knew that for whatever reason, maybe because I'm too attached to the house that I couldn't do anymore. I didn't feel like I had more in me. I was exhausted and I needed some help. So the chiropractor turned me on to these two women, Marsha and Marty, 
and they owned a spiritual healing center, much like my former modern sage, but down in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And it's called On Angel Wings, part of their offerings to serve others and home clearings. And so I had them come to the house as soon as possible. When they arrived, they came up the stone steps and immediately one of them went over to the land to the right of the house. I could see she was taking mental note. Then they came into the house and did a full tour. I walked them through from the first floor up to the third floor, up to the loft. So I didn't tell Marsha and Marty anything about my experiences there. I didn't tell them anything about the history of the house. I just asked them to please come help clear the space. After the tour of the house, Marty told me that that land to the right of the house, that there were some souls that were uneasy, that were at an unrest there. And so she took some consecrated earth and scattered it there with the blessing. She also told me that the energy of that burial pit um, was flowing down the hillside and directly into um, an area around the first floor. That area around the first floor, when we went inside, you could see through the stone wall, there was a, um, a break in the stone wall and it almost looked, well, it looked exactly like where a door used to be, maybe the original door to the house or one of the original doors to the house. And right in front of that, in that room is where Mackenzie had seen the spirit. And so Marty and Marcia told me that energy was coming down through that area and that this, um, this open space, even though it wasn't open, but the cracks along the stone needed to be sealed. When we walked through the rest of the house, especially upstairs, they picked up spirits of young girls. Eventually I shared with them my dream of the burial pit and they confirmed that right in the area where they'd been. She had a feeling this area on the hill by the larger boulder was one of the two areas I had seen in my dream. The stone walls, the mass burial, it was like a pit in the land and it was facing the Northeast corners of my house. We went upstairs and she went to the loft area and she sensed the presence of a 14 year old girl. And this girl was trying to get my attention. And she said she felt so bad for waking me up and making noise that she meant no harm, that actually she was glad that I was there. But these girls, this girl in particular, and some of the other spirits that were in the house used to go up and spend time in that loft area when it was an attic and it was a safe place for them. And she told me that she loved to go near where the bookshelf is now in the loft above my bed and that they would go there and she had a Bible hidden there. It was her only solace was to go spend time reading the Lord's word. It was her safe place and she had to hide. They said she was very sorry if she was loud. She didn't mean harm. She just feels comforted there in that space and wants to read the Bible. That is the same bookshelf I had pulled down the Bible a few weeks ago. The Bible I had read on that night when, when the card from my grandmother fell out. They said she wants a Bible back up there, specifically the Old Testament. It only feels right to find the big black Bible my grandmother left me at her death. That same grandmother had left me this very old, very large Old Testament Bible 
it seemed now that that was the perfect thing to contribute here. Marsha and Marty said that there were young girls, none over 16, as if given to the master of the house in exchange for money that he was owed, that he had beaten the girls and sold them for sex. Apparently it wasn't a traditional brothel where people were willingly servicing others to make a living. These young girls had no choice. They were scared and many of them didn't make it out alive. And some of those girls are still here and they want to help me move out the master's energy. So I asked Marsha and Marty, the energy clears, when can you get started? <laughs> what do you need from me to clear this house? And they looked at each other and then they looked at me and one of them said, we can't do it. This is a job for the woman of the house. This is a job for you. They did give me some basic tips. Some I already knew, but some other new ones about clearing and sending healing energy through the walls in particular, when I was working with clients to literally put my hands on the walls and help transform the energy there, taking control of my dreams speaking up and back to this presence, being firm and helping to rewrite a new ending here. They said that this presence would eventually leave and the girls wanted to help me. I did find some comfort in that. However, if I'm honest, I'm scared to experience the time he actually leaves. I can't imagine it's going to be pleasant. Marty and Marcia said the Chinese woman that was here that visited Mackenzie in her dreams was likely a servant or a cook or a house organizer and means no harm. They invited me to seal up the wall with brick dust and mortar, which I did. Put mirrors on each of the windows facing the hill, which I did. I put a green man on the now outside wooden door facing the burial pit to protect the gardens there. And overall, they did notice the good healing energy here that was for me and for others. And it was just time to move out the negative. September 8th, I'm lying here thinking about that little girl, the girl who was so scared and escaped up to the attic to read the Bible and find some comfort. I decided that night to pick up the Bible and told her I'd read to her. I started flipping through the Old Testament, listening to where to be guided because my memory of the Old Testament, there's a lot of difficult, challenging scripture there. And then I remembered the Psalms. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Maybe that was comforting to her. So intuitively I opened up to Psalms and I let my eyes find the first passage that it came to. And it was Psalm 28. I got a chill through my body and I decided to read it out loud. And the mere act of reading it out loud seemed brazen in the midst of the energy that was going on at the house, but empowering and sweet at the same time. I began to read the passage aloud in the first verse. To you, I call, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who have gone down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. My whole body just started vibrating with the chills. I could see this young girl crying out to the Lord, trying to find hope, 
for the fear of being buried with the others in the pit. She knew. I know. Marcia and Marty know. And now you do too. The fact that it was called a pit in the scripture, I don't know why I'm still in awe of how this information is being relayed to me, but I am. We just had spoken about the pit. I had visualized it in my dream and here the young girl from centuries ago who was fearful of going there, her young heart and mind is leading me, is in this space. It's so sad to think about her anguish and so beautiful to be able to communicate these words of God with her. The spirit surely guides us. I'll leave it there for today. Thank you for listening to the Modern Sage podcast and to my story. If you'd like to share it with others, please invite them to listen. You can send them a link. Invite them to my website, leahguy.com. Visit me there also for events, workshops, and more. And on social media, at Leah the Modern Sage. I appreciate it so much, and I'll see you next time.